Welcome to another episode of Real Talk, Real Faith. We have some new guests with us here today. So would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Trinity. Uh, my name is Daniel. Okay. So before we go into our topics for today, I have a few questions. The first one is, if you could choose to remain one age forever, what would it be? Mid-20s. Mm, okay. And why? I feel like in your mid-20s, that's when, like, you're kind of, like, in that creative zone. And, like, you're done with university and you're just stepping into, like, the real world as an individual. And I feel like that's just, like, the best place for you to, like, explore, like, you as a, as a person. Emmanuel, what about you? Um, I think it will be my current age, 22, because um, I think it's like, yeah, like you are saying, like it's perfect age to like make mistakes and like you still have enough time to like recover from those mistakes financially. So. <laughs> I'd say like 25, because then my responsibilities are not too much at that age. I'm not like married and I don't have children, but I'm not like a child. Like I'm far, far away from like childhood at that point, so I'd be comfortable. And then my second question is, what Bible character do you think flopped the hardest? You can take your time to think about it. Well, for me, I, th I think it was Saul. Because mm -hmm. um, we're supposed to say what, right? Yeah. You can say okay, because um, first of all, Israel wasn't supposed to have a king. They didn't need a king. But then they kept asking Samuel mm -hmm. for a king. And God chooses someone like, to become the king and like he loses the op like god didn't initially want yeah. there to be a king and he god gr so graciously gave them a king and he lost it yeah. for me i would say king mm. from king and abel because i feel like he could have redeemed himself and like represented his like fixed his heart posture represented his offerings that's your god. god gave him the opportunity yeah. and like he could have like just been on good terms with god but instead he just decided to get himself into like bigger trouble with God and just like kill his brother yeah. over something that he could have easily fixed. I think the worst part about Cain is the fact that he didn't accept any responsibility after like he, when God asked him, he was like, am I my brother's keeper? Just pretended like he didn't do anything after. But for me, I'd say Solomon. Cause like he was, he started off really, really high. And then like throughout his career, he just plummeted like worse and worse and worse. And then generations after him continued that same bad pattern. So I'd say him. But for today's topic, we're talking about Christian culture. So I want to start off with this. Let's say somebody who's never heard of Christianity before, doesn't even know who Jesus is, asked you to explain to them what Christianity actually is. How would you explain it? For me, when I... I actually have like a lot of people ask me this kind of question and I just like to simply describe it as like it's like relationship with the person who created you mm -hmm. that's how I like to describe Christianity it's an opportunity for you to know God and for him to know you and he basic and understand like his love and it's basically just like an opportunity for you to know your father and walk life with him that's interesting. I like it's like more relationship focused as opposed to like religion, like rule based kind of thing. What about you, Emmanuel? Um, how I would describe Christianity to anybody would just be like, I think Christianity at its most core being is just love. Mm. I think like it's the hallmark of Christianity, love and faith. I think when you combine those two together, 
when you have faith, like faith is believing in the impossible, and love is, you know, basically like a sacrifice, basically. And but I feel like with those two, I think like that's what Christianity is. So I'm kind of gonna build on that. Let's say that same person asked you to explain, because like you can't have like even though you say that Christianity is about love and it's about faith, right? There's still that community aspect of it, right? Like Christianity takes place in the institution like a church or something like that. So if somebody tried to get you to describe Christian culture, right? Because those institutions, they all have their cultures. So how would you describe Christian culture? Like, what does that mean? Oh, do you even think that there is a Christian culture? Let's start with that. Do you think that Christianity has a culture? I think Christianity does have a culture um, simply because like once you become a Christian, there's a certain expectation of how you're supposed to behave, mm. how you're supposed to conduct yourself. You can give examples too. So like if you like, once you become a Christian, you're like expected to conduct yourself in a more reserved manner mm. and even simply falling out of line. Like you have people who are not Christians and self-questioning like, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Yeah. Basically like associating you with like, they associate the word Christianity with a certain way of living and a certain way of presenting yourself. So I feel like that shows to prove that like there is a culture that is attached to just simply identifying as a Christian. Okay. Like if you present yourself to someone and they ask, oh, what's your religion, what's your belief, you say you're a Christian, they automatically, whether they, like, yeah. autom- whether they admit it or not, they associate a certain, they, ex- they have an expectation. An expectation forms um, about how you are to come across to them. Uh, what about you? Do you think there's a culture? Um, I think, yes, Christianity is a culture, but I think how to describe it is Christianity is the, it's the base culture. Mm. I think, um, Christianity, the Christian culture is the culture that every other culture should be built on. I, I will call it like a, what you say it should be, Yeah, but yeah, it's not, Yeah, it's a, I, I'll call it like the foundational culture. It's like the, like when you look at all the principles contained in Christianity, like it's like all I think I would describe it as like it's all that any any society community needs to function so at its best. In like more of a practical sense, because you're saying right, you say that there's an expectation of how Christians are supposed to act, and then Emmanuel also says that right, like Christianity should be the basis on how other cultures belong. So like in a practical sense, like what are some of the things that you see in Christian culture? Like how does that actually play out? Like, the way that you behave? Is it a way that you talk or dress? You can give examples of that. Um, like, for, like, okay, for examples, like, looking at social media, um, when someone claims that they're a Christian, like, if you were to go on their page, it's expected for that person to dress more reserved. Um, if, as a woman, you're expected to, like, you know, dress, like, from your neck down to your toes. Um, like, you're just expected to, like, always have always have like you should just like spread an aura of like goodness mm. all the time you know, like modesty yeah modesty you should be like on your best behavior all the time um almost like there's little room for you to kind of make mistakes openly because like you're a christian you're supposed to be perfect you're supposed to be this um also like in the way you talk like you can't say certain things because yeah. like oh you're a christian um in the way that you like treat other people like even getting angry is a problem yeah like a lot of people like say like oh you're a christian why are you getting angry or like because you're still human like you still have those like human factors yeah. and but you're a christian why you got why are you angry why are you offended yeah. why are you taking offense so yeah do you have anything else to add um yeah i think um like how it actually plays out is 
obviously we human beings where we make errors, we make mistakes all the time. So I think there's obviously, obviously definitely like a lot of miscommunication in how like the Christian culture should be versus what it is now. And yeah, like I think the problem is we focus too many times on the wrong things, like how you're dressing, how you look, what you should, do you have a tattoo or not? And I think like our focus on in Christianity should be first showing love to those people. Mm. Like, oh, God loves you despite what you've done. I think that's a primary message. Mm. And then if you can, if you can get those, um, you let God work on those people. Like God, let God like handle their modesty, handle their speech. Like God can do all those things. So I think like the, how we actually plays out is we end up focusing on the immaterial things. Or like policing how other people are behaving while like dressing and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, it's like, I've recently come to understanding that like, it's what's inside that then transcends on the outside. So if you're like focusing on the outside, it's like you're cutting branches from a tree, but like the branch keeps growing back because like you didn't get to the root problem which is you're supposed to work on the inside and then that like goes out to the outside i think it's really hard though because we're talking about like as much as i think christianity it's like a personal thing right your relationship with god is personal it's not like removed from the environment that you're in right so like one of the things i was going to ask before is like how did you become a christian right because the environment that you start your christianity dictates what you expect your relationship with to be with god so like i can say like for myself i grew up in a pentecostal church right so my relationship with god is still pentecostal in nature right i believe in speaking in tongues i believe right if i'm ill i can go to god for healing but if somebody else doesn't believe like that they didn't start in that kind of environment right their expectation for their relationship is going to be really different yeah so kind of along that line i guess i can ask like how did you guys become um um like you like i also grew up like pentecostal home grew up you know with christian parents my dad's a pastor mom's a deacon so i always drag to church every sunday you know without me like we do find any meaning to it like i enjoy going to church where i'm like if i don't if i don't come to church like i'm not a bad person at the end of the day so it took me like growing up on my own without my parents well, they're not dead, like they're still yeah. alive. But like, <laughs> well, like growing up, like going to like university and stuff, and actually like seeing the importance, like how much I actually need Jesus. Mm. And I think that was like a turning point for me. Surely, like doing COVID, I said it was a big time for me, because that's where I actually like started developing like a relationship with God, like personally. Mm. And so, so I would say like it was that um period of like. Because COVID, like, we weren't doing anything. Like, yeah. sitting down at home. It's like, it was during that period that I had a lot of time to reflect on my life, different stuff. And that's why I really said, like, I became, I would say, like, I became, like, a Christian Christian. What about you, Trinity? So, in the team, Manuel and, like, you as well, um, I always grew up in a Christian household, a Pentecostal Christian household, um, right from birth. Both of my parents were very dedicated, like, Christians. Um, and we were very, like, pra- like practicing Christians. Um, we went to church every Sunday, midweek service, all nights, like we were always in church. And like Imano said, like I didn't really find meaning to it. I would come to church just so I could like hang out with my friends. Mm. So, but it wasn't until um, 
I got older, like, let's say, like, I was about to enter high school. That's when I started, like, actually staying in church. And I remember, like, our church used to have, like, a pre-service service. Yeah, and like there, Bible study. Yeah, like a Bible study. And there were certain things that I was hearing in there that it was it was less, quote-unquote, sugar-coated than what I was being taught in, like, Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So, like, I started questioning a lot of those things, and then COVID came. And that was, like, where, like, I started to reflect a lot. And that's when I was like, oh, like, I want to be a Christian. So I just decided to, like, give my life to Christ, like, individually. So I noticed that we all have like similar kind of upbringings, but I'm because I've been thinking a lot about this. It's like, especially because you were talking about social media before and like how people preach certain aspects of their own like relationship with Christ as the example that everybody else has to follow. So it's like because you've had this specific like very Pentecostal like upbringing, when you see other people practicing other things so let's take modesty for example i don't know how this applies to men but it's like people on the internet would be like if you're a woman i don't want to see your neck i don't want to see your hair don't wear lipstick when you go to church like how do you deal with that because that's part of christian culture it's like and i also know like sure those are in the bible but it's like those are not things that like i feel convicted to follow so like how do you deal with those kind of things i with those kind of things like like you said, like, I've also, like, questioned that a lot, like, what I grew up with. I'm starting to understand now that, like, you know, there's certain people, like, they have their convictions and things like that. Um, but um, when I see other practicing Christians practice something that's different from what I, like, grew up on, I always try to refer back to the Word of God. Mm. Um, and like you said, like, so, like, yeah, they're in the Word, but that's not your conviction. And I always like to reflect back on, like, that's like you said that's not my conviction i'm not convicted to do that i grew up going to just my mom wore makeup even my pastor my pastor she wears pants (laughs) she wears pants like like the women that were around me at church they all wore makeup some of them wore like really short skirts Mm -hmm. dresses like showed cleavage things like that so like when i see like those people like that i'll be like that's your conviction that's that's you like i've never felt like the holy spirit telling me like oh, don't worry don't worry this don't that like my conviction will be different from your conviction and if i present my conviction to you you'd probably react the same way that i'm gonna react to mm-hmm. yeah i guess i can change it a little bit for you emmanuel because i don't think the modesty would apply but it's like okay because i know there's this thing going on where like people would be like oh this kind of tv show christian shouldn't be watching like marvel because it's it's a witchcraft <laughs> so like how do you how do you feel and like respond to those kinds of things so um actually as a kid like there are certain things in in terms of modesty mm-hmm. like i my parents were i'll call them extremists in oh, the like sense of like cut. yeah like my hair <laughs> always had to be low like like there was even a time where like i couldn't go to a church with my shirt tucked out like my dad saw that as irresponsible and it was just like and for me, like, the reason why I did, I used to go to church with my shirt tucked out is because I went to boarding school, and in boarding school, you always have to have your shirt tuck, like, tucked in. So when I come home, I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm free now. I can do whatever I want. And it was just, like, a problem. My hair always had to be cut low, like, all those certain things in terms of modesty. And, like, I think, like, me, it was in, in so I think, like, I decided I wanted to like rebel against everything they told me to okay, do. Yeah. So they told me not to do. Yeah. So I said it. So that led me down my own path of like, what is like right? Mm-hmm. For example, like uh, getting like an earring and stuff. Like, if 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 my parents saw me a earring, like they're probably like, like they'll, <laughs> bro, bro, it'll be it'll be not a sight to see. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like I just found out like growing up, like 
it's just not my thing. Like, there are certain things like I found, oh, I, I do enjoy this thing. Like, when I, I, just, I feel like, nah, it's just not my, like, this is not my style, it's not my vibes, just stuff like that. So, I think many, most of the things I eventually found was like, yeah, this, this is not my thing. Like, some of them, yeah, I do enjoy this, so I'll, I'll do it. But if I say it's not my thing, it's like, it just leaves you by the way. Some of those things that were not my thing were things my parents told me not to do. Yeah. But some of the things that were my thing were some things they told me not to do. And going back to the TV shows and stuff like that, um, I do believe that, like, what you watch has, has an influence mm-hmm. on what you, like, on you. So definitely, like, be careful. Like, so is what I'm watching, like, is it pushing me towards who I want to be, mm-hmm. who I want to be as a Christian and stuff like that? Then that's, that should be your, I feel like that should be, like, your guide. It shouldn't be, oh, if because people think it's demonic and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you haven't seen, you don't see the demons, like, <laughs> like those are people acting. So are you calling those people demons and stuff? So, yeah, so those are, like, what I believe in terms of, like, modesty. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to what you were saying before. I like, with, like, the earring and stuff. I'm, like, wanting to, like, it's almost like you wanted to test the limits. I also had the same experience because it's, like, like, people would say, oh, you shouldn't get too many, like, ear piercings. Or, like, you shouldn't pierce your face. So, like, for, like, 10 years, I wanted to get a septum piercing. wanted a double nostril piercing. I wanted a lip piercing. I wanted an eyebrow piercing. Just everything. I mean, like, and it's only because people were saying that I couldn't do it. And it's, the frustration here is, like, it's not that, oh, this thing is a bad thing, right? I'm not going to die if I get that kind of piercing. And it's also not sinful for me to get that kind of piercing, but it's the projection of those things as if they are. So, like, if you guys had any other examples of things like that. I can't really relate to, like, the wanting to test the limits because, like, if you see my younger brother, he has, like, braids piercings growing up my mom never really put a limit on those things or like restriction on those things because my mom or my parents they were the kind of people who they didn't want it to be like they they don't want to raise legalistic christians like they didn't want it to be like oh like you have to equate salvation or you have to equate your faith or the power or the strength of your faith according to like how you present yourself towards others outwardly so i never really grew up with those like restrictions around me that it <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and yeah it's just like i think as a kid like the moment you tell a kid don't do that thing like you you like you immediately create the desire yeah. to do that thing or like just to like learn about it in like the most basic form and many children would not even be interested in certain things like if they were not like cautioned because i think for me like i grew up in a family where like my dad's hair was always like my dad was always bald like he, she was always like clean shaven i feel like if my parents never said anything to me because i see that in my environment yeah. i'm most likely going to copy that if that's what my immediate environment is yeah. that's most likely what i'm going to do but if you start forcing it on me that's when i don't want to do that exactly yeah so i think like the biggest way to like fringe well to make a child do something is let them see it consistently mm-hmm. And like you're not like forcing it down their throat and stuff yeah like to live by example because yeah. bro if i was rich i would be covered in tattoos <laughs> like the moment i turned 18 it would have been game over um so i'm gonna <laughs> move on to uh, something else it's kind of related but i wanted to ask right do you think that culture which we kind of already talked about it but like specifically like gen z culture american or canadian culture nigerian culture it can be like a social media culture or something like that ever mixes into Christianity. Yes. Mm, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, it does. And then, can you give me, like, different examples? Um, It's actually funny because me and my friend were talking about this on Friday, and we were basically talking about how if you look the same way a, a Nigerian Christian practices out their Christianity mm-hmm. is completely different that than an American white Christian would practice yeah. out their Christianity. Um, and like we talked about, culture has a big influence on that. Like, what are, what are the cultural beliefs? Mm-hmm. And they play a big role in how an individual is going to practice out their Christianity. Um, I grew up in a predominantly Nigerian church, so a lot of the practices that I do... Um, all night prayers, twelve hours speaking Pray, in town. Talking about praying on the mountain. <laughs> the, the, the the like just like oh anytime there's a problem, pray fast, pray fast, forty day fasting, thirty day fasting, 30 day fasting. no water, no water. Yeah. If you be from brushing your teeth, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like those like practices, and then I'm presented, and then I'm brought into like Canada, and I'm presented to other Christians. And I'm seeing how they're practicing their Christianity. And then automatically, because of how I've been raised, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're a weak Christian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're not, like you know how, yeah, not like, yeah, hard. you're not trying as hard. Like, I have spiritual stamina and you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not that. It's just like what they're, what they believe equates to like being a strong Christian in Nigeria does not, it doesn't translate well yeah. in like America and being mm-hmm. an American Christian. Even African American Christians, yeah, they practice out their Christianity completely different. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of like just like I don't know how to say, but it, it removes the component of unity mm-hmm. because then it creates division within within yeah. the Christian body. And it's like you're a weak Christian, I'm stronger because I can pray and fast for thirty days. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak in tongues for twelve hours straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't you can't even hold your fast. You can't even like your fasting is like three hours long yeah. while I could fast from like twelve AM to twelve PM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think f- so I think the way I'll put it is I think one of it's like the beautiful part of Christianity is that Christianity is a contextual religion. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not religion, but as I say, the word religion for lack of like better sentencing. Um, Christianity is like a contextual religion. And an example was, um, in the Bible, like if you notice, like they couldn't differentiate who Jesus was from mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah, like they had to have Jesus, like Jesus, come kiss him to know who yeah. he was. So that's the thing. Like with every other quote unquote religion, like there's like separated off from everyone in the community like in the society and stuff like that but i think that's what like with christianity like we just blending like it, it's just like um there's a word used in the bible like it said the kingdom of god is like yeast like it just like goes in so yeah. i think it's natural for christianity to have to like to like embody some of the cultural differences of every place but then again like uh trinity was saying like you don't start using those contextual differences mm. to judge the strength of someone's like Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And like for me, one of the biggest turning points for me was when um, in school, I used to go to like the gospel choir. And during the gospel choir, we used to have um, like, we had like, just call them chaplains. Mm. So they would like preach before we like sang yeah. and stuff. And the female chaplain came up one day and she prayed. And she was like, Father, like she was like Father God, you know it's me again, you know we're here again. Like she was Hi so, God, it's me. like she was so like she's like yeah, you, she like she's like you know what it is, like, and I was like whoa, like what? <laughs> like are you really talking to God like that? I like ever since then I think like that really like affected me because 
I just became more like it that really just made me like oh wait what like i can talk to god like that yeah like talking to god doesn't have to be a boy like it's he's a friend yeah well closer than a friend even and like that really like helped me because like now i'm like like yeah you go out like what's going on like stuff like that but like it took that seeing another person's culture yeah to help me like you know in my relationship with god so like that's what it is for me yeah just just i say like i feel like also certain cultures just set you up as a Christian mm-hmm. to practice out legalistic Christianity. Yeah, I was going to And like, and like, Imanu said, like he t- it took him to see another person how culture influenced how they practice out their Christianity to understand that Christianity's relationship and not like like I also had similar experiences. It wasn't until I was on TikTok and I saw people talking to God. And they were doing like the little memes or like, oh, how people think I talk to God, how I really talk yeah, to God, yeah. and they're like having casual conversation. Me. Every time I want to pray to God, I'm on my knees speaking in in <laughs> speaking in speaking in like Roman English or something. Like I, I'm like on my knees praying. Like before I can finish praying, I must like say, "Dear Father Lord," or like like I can't like I never envision myself mm-hmm. having like a normal conversation, and that's because. All I saw around me culturally is like God is a supreme being. You must respect him at all times. You must fear him, and I def- and that's true. Like I'm not I'm not disputing that. But nobody around me um, put emphasis into relationship. Mm. They all put emphasis into this is a so- sovereign being. He's all ruling, all powerful. You must respect him. He like he's a, he's like a headmaster. Like you can't mess yeah. up. You can't do this. You can't do that. And that was just like that that cultural fear because like being an like being an African or Nigerian respecting your elders is very key exactly so that also translates yeah yeah, that also translates into the relationship you can have with god Mm -hmm. because that opportunity was never open for you to have that comfortability with your elders or someone that's supposed to have quote-unquote authority over you Mm -hmm. so what makes you think that's different with god yeah like i think we forget that god isn't tied to a specific culture right like even if we look at him through the bible context right the bible context is focused on israel Right. So we're looking at him through the lens of Israeli culture. That's already different than the culture that we have. So I don't know why we expect him to our relationship to him has to conform right to that specific set of culture. But you were talking specifically about like Nigerian culture. And then Emmanuel was also talking about like how when you actually see somebody practice something different, that gives you the boldness to try something else. One of the examples I wanted to talk about was this pastor. Right, in Nigeria, his father was the head of a church. I don't know what church it is, uh, but it's like a popular church or something. And his father died and left him as the lead pastor of that church. Yeah, it's, um, you like, might know one. Yeah, 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 it's like. Uh, and he has locks. Yes, yeah, I think they want to say like Fountain of Fountain of Life Church. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah, I didn't hear about the church before, but my mom and I were talking about it. The guy, the son, has locks. He has tattoos. I think he has piercings too. He's an actor too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on top so when he came in right like obviously he was qualified right spiritually enough because his father trusted him to be in that position but like nigerian people were bashing that man on social media telling him that he has to cut off his locks right that he needs to take his piercings out and i was just thinking like why like because i was getting frustrated because it's like obviously that has nothing to do with his spirituality so, like, why are we as a culture, right, trying to force our own beliefs onto this one individual? Yeah. So, um, if you have anything to say. I just wanted to say, like, I feel like the moment that you look at someone's outward appearance and, like, lose the value of what, like, God has deposited into them, mm. you're falling from 
grace kind of like and like even when you look at historical records of what paul was physically like described as he does not fit the role physically like he was a dwarf the like like um historians describe it to be like hunched over like really like small and short so it's not like like you said that really frustrated you and i could definitely see like where you're coming from because like a lot of like a lot of christians look at the outside and when you look at the outside it just loses like you when you focus on the outside you're expecting things from the physical mm-hmm. but you're supposed to be focusing on the spiritual even god what, doesn't look at the exactly outside. what what does what does his physical th- does it remove what god has deposited in mm-hmm. him and to me that would have been ridiculous like yeah. but i think the larger problem there is that when people see somebody getting bashed like that right the younger people in society now feel repressed i'm like kind of what we were talking about before i can't like my christianity can't look like this because this is wrong when it's not wrong so then when you want to do things like that that aren't bad right you get into like self-conviction and self-condemnation and things like that um i think for me it's really funny because um there's a period of my life where like my dad wanted me to cut my hair and then i was just trying to explain to him that like oh like like it's like so he brought up he asked the questions like have you seen any pastor with their hair up and i was like and i was like whoa so the immediately then the example i had was my talk mm. and the mm. next thing he says is almost like oh those are not real pastor in a sense and i was so lost and i was like now that well if 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 what happened then happened now, I could have used this pastor as an example yeah. and like I would, I would be excited to see his reaction. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I think the biggest thing is because there was, I think the reason why people were bashing that pastor is because uh, because um, there's now an example mm-hmm. that the children can use yeah, against the parents' control. Yeah. So like people, people like they've already brainwashed their children yeah. and like their children say, oh, that's a pastor. He has tattoos, he has dress, he has all this. And you're like, oh, to to keep in track of what they what they believe to be true, then they feel the need to like put that such a person down. Yeah. So, I saw John had the same experience about the haircut thing. Anyway, uh, I also kind of wanted to switch gears from like Nigerian culture to Gen Z because everybody at this table, I was, I think Emmanuel is Gen Z too, right? Yeah, okay. I'm 22. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that quite cap? Well, you're like 25. 25. Okay, so then yeah, he's Gen okay. Z. So everybody at this table is Gen Z. Do you think that Gen Z culture also mixes in with Christian culture? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How do you think so? Um, I feel like being like in Gen Z and you compare how Gen Z's put out their Christianity or practice their Christianity mm-hmm. to how like generations before us practice out their Christianity is completely two different things. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it could it both has a negative and a uh, positive impact and i say like negatively because i feel like a lot of uh, gen z christians now like to dispute the or like to ignore the main practices that are needed to build you up spiritually mm-hmm. like i feel like a lot of us in gen z now lack the ability to wait or lack the ability to stay you know in the presence of god or lack the ability to wait on god on certain things but also positively because it's open like a like a a portal for us to like actually 
desire relationship with God. And now we're being more conscious that like it's not in the physical, but it's more in like the spiritual. And what has God poured into them? What gift has God given them? And Gen Z, like, I feel like it has more of a positive than a negative though. But like, yeah. Yeah, I think like for me, like I'm focused mostly on the positive. Like I'm excited to see like, like Gen Z grow up into like the like uh like clubs, this like clubs where they play like Christian rap exactly. Instead of, like, yeah. Instead of yeah, like I'm excited to see what we do because especially with the development of social media, now we have more um, well I'll say like data points to use on like okay, like because of social media we have more information we have more like tools to use and i feel like with those at our disposal i feel like we can do like really great things mm-hmm. i've already seen like examples of those things being done but i'm like really excited like i think like gen z is like i'm like well because i'm gen z so <laughs> so I'll, I'll speak like this i feel like I'm a, yeah yeah i'm really biased but i'm excited to see what we do in the future like i have I know there are obviously negatives. There's they can't be positive without negative. Mm-hmm. But I'm mostly like I mostly like have a positive outlook mm-hmm. on how Gen Z like affects a Christian culture. I'm a bit more pessimistic than both of you. Uh just because I agree that there's like a lot of things that we're doing, like trying to make Christianity more comfortable and more fun. Right. But I also think, right, at the same time, because our generation is so focused on like tolerance and acceptance, mm-hmm. there are certain things that we let in like we kind of lose focus Mm -hmm. so like when i was talking to my mom about this one of the things we're talking about was like gen z culture is really focused on acceptance specifically when it comes to love but it's like we lose right the right definition of what godly love is supposed to be so they'll be like okay because we're a social justice generation right and we believe in tolerance that means like things like homosexuality right or alternative lifestyles are okay like we're not gonna say you can't do that right because we're supposed to be loving when we want to get rid of all the hurt that has come from past generations but it's there's no like introspection Mm -hmm. in those kinds of things Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of i'm a little bit pessimistic because i think it's important to be have fun and to be comfortable but you can't miss right the foundational things that you were talking about before um i think the last question i want to ask for this episode is how do you navigate instances where culture bleeds into Christianity? Like, how do you deal with that? We talked a little bit about it before, but yeah. Um, honestly, how I've, like, recently, how I've been able to deal with that is, like, like I said before, like, actually, like, knowing the word of God for myself, um, it's very easy for you to, like, be comfortable being spoon-fed the word. Like, I could go to church, I could watch midweek service, I could go online service, I could go Sunday service, mm-hmm. I could even come for intercessor prayer, I could come for any gathering that church is having, they're yeah. going to speak the word of God, and they're going to say the scripture that I need, and that's all I need in my life. But I feel like, if you want to know, like, even in the Bible it says that God is his word, so like, the only way you can know God, his desire, what he wants, what is like, what he expects from you as an individual, God doesn't, I feel like God doesn't expect us to blend in with what everyone else believes um but more like be like desire him and desire his desires and the only way that you could do that is by getting into your word and know what the word of god says specifically on that certain matter yeah that's a good point man do you have anything to add um yeah so in addition to what she said yeah i think 
with these two things like you should be fine like the word and the holy spirit because um um like i was listening to someone today and they were like the bible so the bible says we should lean not on our own understanding so the reason why having the word is not enough is because what you understand from the word even though you're reading like it's the word of god like what you're understanding from the word like might be the wrong like wrong thing mm -hmm. so when the bible says lean not on your own understanding it's talking about like the help of the holy spirit and stuff like in our understanding of the word of god so i think that like, when you have the word of god which is the truth and you have the holy spirit which is like the referee i would say like that will keep you in check you know with the word of god and stuff from this misinterpretation what the word says I agree with those two points, right? Reading the word and then having the Holy Spirit to supplement everything. But I also add is, because we're talking about culture, is to kind of need to recognize where culture is coming in, right? Like even when you're reading the Bible, I think it's just important to have at the back of your mind that like when you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading Jewish culture, right? That's not your culture, unless you're Jewish, I don't know. But it's like, for me, I'm not Jewish. So like, their cultural practices are not things that I need to align myself with. It's just to get to the essence of what's in the word and not sticking with the rules, right, that don't even apply to you. So that's the only thing that I got. Actually, I have an idea of creating, like, a new Bible, like, relates to our new generation. Oh, you can start it. Uh, <laughs> if you start right yeah, because, like, I feel like so many things, like, we're so, like, out of touch. Because, mm -hmm. like, bro, I don't know, like, like bro i i know farmer like i do so many things so when god's talking about seed i don't know what seed is and when god talks about kingdom i'm not the uk like there are so many things that are like out of touch for the average person in the bible that's also why you need the help of the holy spirit but but in general it's just like um yeah just like an idea i have like just rewriting the whole bible in context basically for our generation even going back to what Emmanuel was saying like i remember when i first started reading the bible i feel like for the first two years every time it would say the law the law i mean the law like one law like i thought okay maybe he's talking about like the law of like being a canadian or like the law i did not know what the law was until like someone was i read a sermon or i was in church and someone said oh the law is like jewish law yeah like the old testament yeah so i was just like oh and we can call it the ypt young people's translation 